0: Hey, welcome to the Transforming Life Church podcast. We hope this encourages you and inspires you in your journey with Christ. So sit back, relax, and check out this week's message. Welcome to Transforming Life. So good to see all of you here today. I know some of you snuck in uh, throughout the service, so um, maybe we didn't get to meet earlier. But uh, again, my name is Kyle. I'm the lead pastor here, and we're so excited about what God is going to do. Today, uh, I got a a word I feel like the Lord is wanting to speak, and and so uh, I want to share that with you uh, here in just a minute. Um, How many of you have ever asked this age old question to your spouse? What do you want to eat for dinner? (laughs) I I know they say finances is right up there at the top of the list, why there's tension in a relationship or in a marriage, but I think that's a really close second, right? (laughs) What do you want to eat for dinner? Right? How does that relationship or uh, that conversation usually go? Right? It's like, well, uh, you know, I don't care. What do you want to eat? Well, I don't care. What do you want to eat? Right? Well, uh, you know, way. Way. What, what? You know, like, why don't, you got me feeling something? <laughs> heavy. I about and then what do you do? You start throwing out suggestions, right? See, so you like, well, what about this? Well, no, I don't. I'm not that. Right? No, I'm not feeling that. And the other way, you know, the other side, like, well, how about to go, nah, nah not really, uh, not really film that uh, either. But most of the time, most of the time we follow what we crave, right? Most of the time we follow what we crave. When you go to a restaurant, you might be going to a particular restaurant because you are craving whatever that is, whether that's some Spanish food. Or some Italian, and you want some some Olive Garden breadsticks and salad, right? You know, you, you might be having a hankering. We're here in Turkey Creek, Plain City, right? You know, you might have a hankering for so You might have a. Most of the time, we follow our craving, and it's even more disappointing when you have a craving and you get to a particular place and they're out of it, right? It's frustrating, right? and I have, I have my my mouth, my mouth is watered. to set on this particular thing. This was me on Sunday night these past week, You know, the weather was really bad. It was raining, y'all remember? And uh, we were kind of like, it was kind of like one of those lazy Sunday afternoons. We're like, I don't want to cook, I don't want to do anything. And so Amy comes bringing in the coupons from the mail, like, hey, we got Pizza Hut coupons. And, and we're like, all right, whatever, that's, that's fine. Uh, so we ate, ate the pizza, and then and I'm like, man, I could really go for a root beer float right about now. Like, that's my thing. Haley, my, my wife, she, she says I'm boring. Uh, because that, if we go get ice cream, uh, that's I go to is a root beer float. I could go for that like whenever. And uh, she, she always makes fun of me. But I, I could really go for a root beer float. I said, kids, I all want some ice cream? And I'm like, Oh, yeah, let's go. And so I'm like, All right, I, I'll, I'll go pick something up. So I go up to Dairy Queen. And, and Dairy Queen, dude, I, I've been in the dry food when it's long, but this was like the worst it's ever been. It was ridiculous. I mean, if you know where Dairy Queen is, it was wrapped around the building, which is normal. But out into uh, MLK. Oh like, alone. I'm like, what in the world? Everybody else must that have the same hankering and craving that I had. Maybe not for a river flow, but maybe for a blizzard of some sort. I'm like, oh, nope, I don't want it that bad. Right? And so I kept driving and like, there's like places to go. So I go through downtown and Mr. Sebas is downtown. If you have never been there, it's this little kind of like uh, cool little little spot, I'll go check it out really good um and so i go in there and i'm like y'all got rude your float no 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 so i'm like all right that's fine i'll i'll you know it's ice cream so i'm, I'm good either way so i got something else got something for a alien kids and, and took it on home but yeah you might go to a restaurant and just have like a craving a hankering, uh, for something Uh, In particular, check out the menu. And, you know, the menu, as you read the menu, you you might have a a hankering. that as you see the the pictures, and as you start reading the menu, and you're thinking like, now it goes from your brain to now like, oh, this sounds really good. You know? And you're hearing other people at other tables, and they're like, hmm, yeah, I want some of it. And you see the waiter going to the other table, oh, it's not my (laughs) table, Uh, you see the way they're going to the next table and it's like you ever go to like Chili's and someone gets the fajitas and they're sizzling and smoking and you're like dang i should have gotten that right and, and so, so so now that you're in the restaurant and you're seeing the menu and you're seeing all these things and now it's like oh man what, what can i get and then if you go to a restaurant and they have a ton of things on the menu it's like i don't know what to pick huh? I i a craving i thought but i don't know what to pick now there's so many so many options but isn't it interesting you can go to a restaurant you can read through the menu, and then you can have someone come to your table, and, and they, can, they can read your options. Hey, here's our specials. Here's what we got going on today. Here's the soup of the day. right? Um, if you have any questions, they can explain the menu to you. Hey, how is this cooked? Or, or can I sub? Because some of y'all are super picky, right? And so you've got to sub everything. Okay, I don't want this. right? Can I get something else? So you'll have someone that will explain the menu to you. So you can go in, you can read the menu for yourself. You can go in and have it explained to you as well. Man, keeps going up. Like you can do all these things, but what we are not going to do is we're not going to read the menu. We're not going to hear it read and explain to us and then just bounce and leave the restaurant on. We're not going to do that. We're not going to just leave. You came to do what? You came to experience it for yourself. You came to eat. In fact, you are through and see you pay. But isn't it interesting that we come into church week after week, and some are satisfied with just coming in and getting the menu read to them. Some are satisfied with just coming in and seeing what's going on without having partaken in the meal and still leave church hungry. Y'all ain't saying that this morning. You can come in and still leave. Still hungry, in fact, there's some that will come in and they'll receive and they'll get their fill, but then they won't fill back up throughout the rest of the week until they come back on Sunday again. And wonder why their life is a mess and out of control, and why they're dissatisfied and still craving. Huh? We do this all the time in the church. We started this series last week called Epic Fail, right? Talking about big fails in the Bible. And how people either bounce back or or what they did through. A lot of times we hit a failure in our life and it's a roadblock. And it keeps us stuck in a cycle. And it keeps us thinking that we're no good. It keeps us thinking that we are a failure. But how do we bounce back from that? Because listen, we learned last week through Adam and Eve that that our failures, uh, they don't forfeit our calling or our purpose. Unless we don't give that to God and say, hey God, I screwed up, man. Here it is. What can I do better? How can I learn? How can I grow? How can I get out of this back into your purpose, provision, and presence? Because that's what God gave Adam and Eve. That's what God gave mankind to thrive in, to survive. Not to survive, but to thrive and to live in. We were called to live in God's purposes, in his provision, and in his presence. But we oftentimes forfeit and give that up because we're craving something. We craving, we don't even realize our soul is craving God, but, but, but we tend to search in all other areas for all other sorts of things. One of the biggest fails that we can have is when we look to everything in this world to satisfy us except the only one who can. Amen. Don't live starving when you can be satisfied with Christ. So I come to, to talk to you about that Today. In fact, some are willing to give up everything that God wants to give for things that won't stuff. So maybe it happens in a moment. Maybe it happens when we, we see something like Eve did and think logically like, in her head, this looks good. Look, the, the apple looks good for eating and it looks pleasing. So, so we logically try to reason it and make sense, but, but it's not she went outside of God's will, right? There's so many times in a moment, in a momentary pleasure, in, in a momentary uh, moment where we think we, we are craving something, we tend to forfeit and give up a God has for us for things that won't satisfy us. You may have came into the room today, you might be spiritually starving. You may have come into this place today and maybe you're watching online and you are spiritually starving. Your soul is craving something and maybe some of you tried to fill that craving with all sorts of other things, but they haven't worked Having haven't satisfied. Repeating on other things, it's time to give those things up to God, because he's the only one that can truly satisfy us. Genesis chapter 25, turn there with me if you have a Bible or an act. We've got some Bibles in the pews around here if you want. There's even Spanish in some of those Bibles, so if you're feeling bilingual today, you've got that going on Genesis chapter 25, Genesis is the first book of the Bible, super easy, I made it easy for you guys today, you don't have to look around a whole lot, but Genesis chapter 5, starting in verse 19, While you're turning there, I just want to kind of keep you set up where we're at in this passage, uh, many of you have heard of Abraham, we used to sing about him in kids' church back in the day, Father Abraham, and many sons, many sons, and a Father, come on, sing, I am one of them, and so are you, oh, let us praise them right on I'm already getting out of breath, and I got a lot of preaching to do today. Father Abraham, yeah, God made this covenant with Abraham based on his faith. God told Abraham and his wife Sarah they weren't able to have kids, and God said, "I'm going to make you father of many nations, my people. Right? They're going to be as numerous as the stars." And he's like, "My God, my like, yeah, God, we don't even have kids. I have that and I'm going to give you a son." So years went on, years went on, they got old, and, and they're not simply loved, and God gives them this promised son, Isaac, right? And then God says to do all right, here's my promise, I'm going to bless you, but now like, I want you to sacrifice this. And, and, and I can imagine Abraham thinking, what? Did I hear that right, now? But he does it anyway, he's faithful. And he goes to take Isaac up the mountain, he goes to sacrifice him, and God stops him and says, all right, I get it. And he rewards Abraham for his faith, and his faithfulness. And he makes this covenant with him. Right? So, as we're about to read here, we're about to, to talk about and maybe his grandsons. Okay? He has a son, Isaac. Isaac has twin boys, Esau and Jacob. Many of you, you know this. You've grown up learning about these stories, but maybe some of you don't. But he has twin sons. Isaac has twin sons. Uh, Esau and Jacob. These are Abraham's grandsons. These are, are, are who eventually are going to continue to carry on the covenant with God. Except Esau does it. He turns. And Jacob does, but as we read here in this story, it's not the way it's supposed to work out exactly. Genesis twenty-five, verses nineteen through thirty-four. This is the count family line of Abraham's son Isaac. Abraham gave a father Isaac, and Isaac was forty years old when he married Rebekah, daughter of Bethuel, the Aramean from Padan Aram, and sister of Laban the Aramean. Isaac prayed to the Lord on behalf of his wife because she was child. She was childless. The Lord answered his prayer, his wife Rebecca became pregnant. The babies jostled each other within her, and she said, Why is this happening to me? So she went to inquire of the Lord. The Lord said, There are two nations in your room, two peoples from within you will be separated. One people will be stronger than the other, and the older will serve the younger. When the time came for her to give birth, there were twin boys in her womb. The first to come out was red, and his whole body was like a hairy garment, so they named him Esau. After this, his brother came out with his hand grasping Esau's heel, so he was named Jacob. I was six, Isaac was 60 years old when Rebecca gave birth to them. The boys grew up, and Esau became a skillful hunter, a man of the open country, while Jacob was content to stay at home among the tents. Isaac, who had a taste for a while, loved Esau, but Rebecca loved Jacob. Once when Jacob was cooking some stew, Esau came in from the open country famished. He said to Jacob, quick, let me have some of that red stew. I'm famished. That's why he is also called Edom. Jacob replied first, selling your birthright. Look, I'm about to die. Esau said, what good is the birthright to me? But Jacob said, swear to me first. So he swore an oath to him, selling his birthright to Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau some bread and some lentil stew. He ate and drank and then he got out and left. So Esau despised his birthright. Let's pray. Father, we love you. God, we have an inheritance in you. God, may we not forfeit that inheritance for a bowl of beans, for a bowl of soup, for a momentary pleasure, for a, a, a moment that we get caught in where we think we crave something more than what you have for us. God help us to see, give us eyes to see, ears to hear this morning. Change us O Lord, In Jesus' name, amen. everyone said amen. Come on, let's talk about bowls and birthrights this morning. Bowls and birthrights. So when Haley and I, when we're deciding what to eat, she'll ask me, she's so awesome, what are you craving? You got to anything, right? And, and I'm going to I'll eat anything, right, Ms. Reza? Just we did cook stuff on Wednesday nights, and then she knows i eat whatever. i eat pretty much whatever. But sometimes you've got a you got a hankering for something, and, and usually we're on the same page. And there's always a go-to. We're always usually thinking, all right, we need to get some Chinese tonight. That's kind of our go-to. That's our default, like, get 813 Chinese. Come on, somebody. So we'll, we'll, we'll go out. That, that's kind of our go-to. And they make such a big thing that we'll split it, and it's not too, too bad, right? But that's usually like, but sometimes it's pizza. Like, I'm not a connoisseur of pizza, but I you know I've ate plenty of it as a youth pastor over the years. We've got plenty of pizza. My kids love pizza, so we need and sometimes it's just a good burger. I'm beyond, i If you want to know me in a nutshell, I'm a simple guy. I'm a t-shirt and jeans, go down the road with the windows down, radio up, burger, and fries. Kind of guy. That's it. If you want to know me that's just kind of you know, so, but sometimes I can really go for whatever I crave. Our souls, it craves, it hungers. Whether you realize that or not. Think about this for a minute. Uh, there was no human soul until God breathed the breath of life into Adam. Okay? If God's breath created our soul, then we are literally living on borrowed breath. Uh, you, you think that's your air going through your lungs. But we're living on borrowed breath. Our souls came from, depend on, and long for God. That's the way He designed us. That's the way He created us. We were created by God for God, and we find ourselves fully in Him. Okay? I start right there. However, we often throw ourselves into chasing internal happiness based on external success. Or not even just success, based on external things, right? So we have to learn to be careful what we crave. Be careful what you crave in this world, in this life. Esau came in, he was starving from a hunting trip. He had been out hunting, he had been out working, and he was starving. And he asked Jacob, Jacob's in there in the kitchen, he's cooking And it it probably wasn't just a soup. If you read other texts, other versions of the Bible and compare them, it it was probably like a a bowl of beans. It was lentils. It was like bean soup, right? It it was just a a bowl of beans. But he comes in and he's been been hunting. He's he's starving. and, And he's like, man, why don't you give me some of them beans? And Jacob manipulates the moment and manipulates the situation. He's like, oh, how bad do you want these beans? How bad do you want this soup, brother? Come on, you know if you've got siblings, you know how it goes. These two have been fighting their whole lives. Jacob was constantly trying to be the best one, the first one. Even from the womb, he grabbed his brother to try to get out first. It's no different here now that they're like 60 years old. Esau says that the birthright is no good in him since he's dying of hunger and and says, You know what? That's fine, if I'm going to just die right here anyway, what does it matter? So yes, please, give me those beans, you can have this birthright. The writer of Genesis said that Esau despised his birthright. In reality, Esau's birthright gave him a double inheritance. He was the, the firstborn, even though they were twins, he came out first, he was the firstborn, so he had the right to the inheritance of his father. But he gave it up in a single moment for a bowl of beans. Gave up that delved portion, gave up that inheritance in a moment when he was famished and hungry, or a moment when he was vulnerable, In a moment when he said, listen, I, I've got to have something. Gave up everything for just a whole of beans. And what looks like the worst negotiation in human history, he gave up so much or so little. As silly as that seems, it's the same pattern that we follow today. still doing that today. There's always a bowl. For Eve it was the apple to to, to gain knowledge to become like God. For David it was a woman that his eyes caught a glance of and then he probably took another glance and and then just couldn't keep his eyes off of it. For Judas it was pieces of silver as he betrayed Jesus. Look the grass always looks greener on the other side. So we realize it's green because it's got a septic tank underneath it. In the moment, it seems right. In the moment, it looks good. This we talked about this last week. gave it was the same, it, it seems right. It looks good. It looks pleasing. Probably tastes good. Nobody else is eating from this, right? And she logically tried to weigh all this out. In the moment, it might feel right. And we allow what we crave and experience to determine what we pursue. God just wants us to pursue Him. That's it. That's what he created us for. That's what he created us to do. That's why when he gave Eve, he put them in the perfect place, the perfect environment for them to live in his purpose, in his presence, and in his permission. And it's the same for us still today. But How many times do we trade that for a momentary pleasure? For something that we think we need? We trade our birthright. We trade God's purpose, his presence, and his provision. We trade it for all of being so many times. There's always a bow. As we pursue him and abide in him. We talked about that on Wednesday night. Laundra did a great job talk, talking about abiding in him. As we pursue him and, and, and abide in him and rest in him and trust in him to be our source, our craving is fulfilled because that's what our soul craves. And our soul is truly at rest. That, but I have to ask, because I'm reading this, and like, I'm like, why did Esau just give in right there? There had to be another way. That could have been the only way, John, that he could get food. Like, if he's hungry, why didn't he just get up and go get some himself? Right? I, I don't know, that just, for that stuck out to me, man. It was the Lord, I don't know, but, but that just didn't make sense to Esau, why, why'd you give up so easy? You could have just gone and got your own food. He was so desperate. That he was willing to give up so much for so little. He was so desperate he didn't see any other way. In those moments in our life when we feel like we're craving or we feel like we're desperate or we feel like we, we need to go searching and all these other... Those are the moments where we need to lean into God even more. Those are the moments when we need to trust in God even more. When we don't see a way, we need to understand that He's our way maker. Right? Even when we don't see like an Indian sign or even when we don't understand Man, come on we're still meant to live in his purpose in his presence and in his provision when we step outside of that we walk away from his blessed. and we are so easily give up all of that for a bowl of there's always a bowl be careful be careful what you crave we do that sometimes we seek out what we really value like what you really want what you're really desperate for you'll seek it out Right? We'll pay money for it. We'll go in debt for it. Right? What we really value, we'll go after. What we really need is more of God. More of Him. So instead of, of getting up and reading God's word and praying and having our quiet time, we we'll choose to rest in other ways. Right, We choose to rest. We choose to fill ourselves in other ways, with other things. We rely on sunday to be the extent of our devotion sometimes and then we wonder why we're struggling the rest of the week because we're not getting up and feeding ourselves come on if we're really honest this morning we are esau you might as well look at someone this morning and say "You Esau." (laughs) we we are esau and while esau gets a bad rap here jacob is not innocent because he manipulated the moment now eventually He gets right and god views him he he continues in this covenant relationship with god esau never does he continues to make uh, decisions against god but either way in this moment they both lack spiritual maturity the bible says that they grew up but growth doesn't equal maturity This, this is a matter of character here in this moment they both grew in other areas the bible says that they grew up they got older Esau grew in his skills as a hunter. Jacob was more of a shepherd, right? They they both grew up. They grew up on the outside. They grew up on external things, but but they didn't grow up where it really mattered, and that was inside their heart. Genesis states that, that they both grew up. They were about 60 years old here when Esau sold his birthright. But although they grew up, they neither acted with maturity. Esau grew in his hunting skills, but he never grew in his relationship with God. He never turns to him. Listen, he learned how to kill his dinner, but he could never control his appetite. And sometimes we do the same thing. We can grow up on the outside, but stay small on the inside. So we need to ask ourselves if we've really grown up, or are we still governed by childish things? Are we, are we still governed by impulses, selfishness? You can have everything you want in this world, but if we don't have character and integrity, do we really have anything? Oh, what did Jesus say? What good does it do to gain the whole world but lose your soul? Your soul is crazy. Our souls uh, are from, they depend on, and they long for God. So how many times do we try to be God? Right. How many times do we try to be? How many times do we get ahead of God? Or how many times do we leave God out of it altogether? But your soul is craving God. That's why you hear some people talk about there's this emptiness inside, and many people try to fill it with other things. It's meant to be filled with God. So don't live starving when you can be satisfied in Christ. In the NIV that I read here this morning that says that Esau was famished. If you read in the King James, it says that he was faint. So what that breaks down to you is that uh, in, in the Hebrew, it means he's weary. In other words, he's worked up an appetite. He wasn't just hungry. He was worn out now, right? He had come in from a long day. I don't know if you've ever done that. You come in from work after a long day, or maybe it was just one of those days. You come in, and you're ready to just eat dinner, go get a shower, and tap out for the day. That was Esau. He, he wasn't just hungry. He was weary. He was fat. He was famished. He was spent. He had worked up an appetite. What appetite are you feeding in this life? In your life right now, what appetite are you feeding? Is it, is it to, 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 to not feel lonely? Is it to uh, maybe look good on paper with a title a degree? Particular career. Because like, it, it's not always just about drugs and alcohol and so uh, those things. Sometimes it's pride. Sometimes there's so many other things. What, 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 what appetite do you have today? We fuel what we feed. So, whatever that appetite is, if you keep feeding that, you're going to keep craving that. Whatever that is for you, it could be many different things. If the physical man needs to eat numerous times a day for the body to function as it was designed to, how much more does our spiritual man need to eat regularly because the soul is starving to death? The soul is starving to death. How do you know the soul is starving to death? Well, because there's many people that are still living dissatisfied lives, even in the church. Still living a dissatisfied life because their soul is starving to death. Come on, that longing leads to looking. As you're craving, as you're longing for whatever it is, it's going to lead to I gotta fix that. I gotta look for that. And here it is. This is where Adam and Eve uh, struggled that we talked about last week. They, they went looking for something else to, to fill them. It's interesting when your body is hungry, physical hunger. It'll be evident, right? Because your stomach's gonna make noises. It's gonna grumble. May even hurt a little bit. You might get a headache if you haven't eaten in a while, right? You're going to get hangry some of y'all. That was the first thing her mom and dad told me when I asked for hand, marriage and the blessing. They said, well, make sure you feed her. <laughs> but that's me who's in the room. I'm just trying to call her out. I mean, you know, you get hang you get upset and hangry. So what do we do? We look for? Your soul craves, and when it's not satisfied, that longing is going to turn for looking. So that's why many people are looking at all places that they can, looking to fill that craving. So if they're lonely, they're going to look to people. They're going to look for relationships. If someone is hurting, they're going to look for something to cope. They're tired. They're going to look for some way to get rest, whether that's good or, or, or bad. If it's your purpose, someone's going to look to a career or something to make them happy. And that's fine, but but may God created us to have purpose in him. To enjoy his presence and to live in his provision. Right? Esau got in trouble because he was too hungry. He was so hungry, he was willing to do anything to satisfy his appetite. He wanted that immediate gratification. He became dramatic even, saying, I'm gonna die. Come on, heaven, you got kids. And I'm so hungry. (laughs) Mom dad, I just want to eat right now. I'm so hungry, I'm a zombie, I'm so hungry, I'm dead. Maybe that's just my kids, they're super dramatic. (laughs) So hungry, I'm gonna die. And that, that that was Esau, even though he was 60 years old, he was hungry, he felt like he was gonna die, so what good was my birthright? I'm just gonna die. Became emotional and exaggerated. It's when we're too lonely and too tired and too hungry for affirmation or importance that our emotions are exaggerated. And then we settle for things we normally wouldn't think twice about. Come on, I love what Judas Smith says in his book, How's Your Soul. says, don't make conclusions about reality or the goodness of God in the middle of an emotional breakdown. Don't get alone. Don't get a divorce. Don't get married. Don't do anything life altering just because your emotions are crying out for an escape. Because right. it's in those moments we're willing to give up more. Right? It's been said that emotions make great companions, but terrible leaders. Right? Come on. Don't live, live hungry for something that God has created you to be satisfied with, right? But let's not live hungry and look for everything else to fill us other than God. God wants to fill that, that need inside of you today. Don't give up what you need most for what you want now. Don't give up what you need most, for what you want now, worship team, you guys can come up. Esau was willing to trade his birthright for a momentary satisfaction. What is that birthright? What exactly did he give up for Esau? It wasn't just an inheritance or wealth or anything like that, even though that was part of it. He got an portion of it. It was the right to be the spiritual leadership and the head of the household when Isaac passed on. And the most important part, it was the claim to the covenant blessing that God made with his grandfather Abraham. He gave up so much. Just the bowl of beans. The bowl always looks better in the moment than it really does. Right? The the bowl always looks better in the moment than it really does. And the enemy wants to make a deal with you. He doesn't want you to rest in God. He doesn't want you to get his purpose. He doesn't want you living in his presence or, or living on his provision. He doesn't want you to get it. But here's the deal: he can't take anything away from you. But we talk ourselves into giving it to him because we're convinced, just like Esau, that there's no other way. Right? You got to learn to see the bowl for what it really is. This is just a bowl of beans. I said you got to learn to see whatever that bowl is for you, because there's always a. You got to learn to see. It, it's just a bowl of beans. This is just it. There's no this is nothing fancy. It's gonna satisfy you for the moment, but in like in a couple of hours, you're gonna be hungry again? This is just a it's just a ball of beans. And as we learn to look in those moments, whatever your goal is, whatever it is that you might feel like you're craving, we've got to learn to look at it and say, Do I really need it that bad? to to look at it for, for what it is. is. Is it really worth it? And when we're able to do that, it loses its power. When we're able to do, we're able to, to set us a look at it. this a little bowl? this a little snack? Just some beans? I can do without it. But the enemy, he wants you to give up. He wants you to give in. He wants you to give up God's purpose, his presence, and his provision. He wants to make a deal with you like he did with Jesus. Remember he tempted Jesus? But Jesus was not for 40 days, 40 nights. And he came in and he tempted him. And he tried to get Jesus to trade all He said, hey, if you'll just bow down and worship me, all this will be yours, man. And sometimes we just got to look at it just like Jesus did and say, hey, you need to get up out of my face, devil. Not today, Satan. Get behind me. It's just a bowl of beans. Come on, church. It's not worth it. In the moment, it seems like it is, but in the long term, what we need most versus what we want now, it's not worth it. And he'll he'll try to the things in front of us. And if we're not rooted in God's word, if we're not really rooted in God and and who he is and who he says that we are, if we're not really rooted in his presence and in his purpose and in his provision, guess what? We're going to take today like Eve did, just like David did, just like Judas did, just like so many throughout human history. What do we give up when we give that? We give up God's purpose, His presence, and His provision. That's our spiritual inheritance. Yeah, there's a lot more that we can fill in there, but but, but that's, that's the gist of it. That's what God wants you to have. That's what God wants you to live in, is His purpose, His presence, and His but for every birthright, there's a bowl. We sell our peace by choosing to eat worrisome thoughts. We sell our joy by eating from a bowl of things to grumble about. We sell our testimonies by indulging in our tempers. Esau chose the bowl and later tried to be restored, but was denied. Hebrews tell that even he called Esau godless for his mistakes. Luke 15, it tells the story of another son, the prodigal son, who chose the all. He says, Father, will you give me my inheritance so I can go off on my own? And he goes off and he squanders everything. But the Bible says that he comes to his senses. He realizes in his despair and, and really just nothing that he gave everything up that I've got to go back and I've got to make it right. He was fully restored to his father once he came to himself and realized the error of his ways. However, there's another son. His name is Jesus. He was tempted with bowls in the desert by the devil for 40 days, but he never gave in. He survived on the Word of God. He is the Word of God, the living Word of God. But he survived on God's Word, not the desires of the world that were dangling in front of him. And he did it so that we might have a chance to be restored as kind of a firstborn son in God's eyes. We're all Esau. Having chosen the bowl, but when we come to ourselves, we just like the prodigal son, we come to our senses, and we choose Jesus, and we say, I know I, I messed up, I gotta, I gotta do better. It can always be restored. We don't have to live as starving sons anymore. God's grace puts an end to all of that. But that only comes through surrender, it only comes through a realization to say, All yeah. of his presence, we'll stop short of his provision because we feel like we can't push anymore because we, we, we feel like, you know I, I I don't need to go any further and, and we're willing to trade far too often that we're willing to push through and to push through that extra few feet, to push through in, in prayer a little bit longer to push through in our worship for just a few more moments till we get our break, come on somebody, we're, we're willing